Hello, and welcome to the very first ever episode of Ben's Learning Lounge. I am very excited about this. Uh, it's great to have you here. It's been a long time in the making. Uh, so today we've got a very special episode uh, because it's our first episode with uh, Alex who's going to be talking a little bit about weightlifting. That's right, today's episode is all about weightlifting, about getting in shape. Uh, Alex himself has got experience in powerlifting. He's been lifting since he was 15 years old. He's also done a little bit of strongman before. Uh, he talks a lot about injuries, about Olympic weightlifting. We've got it all. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, make sure you stay tuned in, especially during quarantine. You might learn a lot about how you can get in shape during this lockdown season. We've got some great topics coming up, whether that be psychology, techniques, nutrition, supplementation, getting started, the whole thing. Very exciting. And before I pass it over to Alex, I want to say that every episode of the Ben's Learning Lounge podcast is going to be a fundraiser uh, for Mind. Uh, Mind is a charity which is about no one should feel alone with mental illness and I think that's a really important message especially now so if you want to give to the charity uh, just type in justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Ben's Learning Lounge I'll give you that one more time because I talk quite quickly justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Ben's Learning Lounge and without further ado here's Alex so thanks again Alex for saying that you'll be on the podcast it's great to have you here Thanks, it's my pleasure. So, I think the first thing I want to talk about with you is uh, this idea of powerlifting. I mean, some people might have heard of it, some people might have not. Some people might have heard of strongman, bodybuilding. What's the difference here? What do what these different areas actually mean? So, uh, powerlifting is specifically the squat, bench, and deadlift. And anyway, it's, it's built for competition. So, it's about showcasing your absolute strength in those three lifts. Strongman is a mix of loads of different things to show how athletic you are with heavy weight. And weightlifting is the two lifts, the clean and jerk, and the snatch. So the difference is mostly just the, the difference is mostly just the types of lifts you do. And strongman is very much endurance as well, but powerlifting and weightlifting are peak power. Right, I see. So would bodybuilding then? You know, people think about Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff. Yeah. Is that sort of a different? That's a different area then. Yeah, bodybuilding's about how you look, and powerlifting is about how you perform. So the sports are performance and bodybuilding is about the looks pretty much. I think I've heard before, like, um, I don't know whether they're actual facts or not, but you know, things that if you put, for example, uh, like a boxer in the ring or something, or mm. ch challenge a boxer with a fight with a bodybuilder, quite often the bodybuilder would get, you know, the life beat out of them because they're actually not built for strength or yeah. something like that. Well, some bodybuilders, sure, they're very athletic, they're very fit, but that's not the main goal of bodybuilding. So if you're actually bodybuilding to compete, you're not necessarily focused on how fit you are, you're focused on how you look on stage. And a lot of time there is like a bit of a carryover there because to be a, a good bodybuilder, you need to be able to hold poses for a very long time and it can get very exhausting. But the, the carryover isn't as, as intense as say like powerlifting to boxing. So, so what is it more about powerlifting that you do that, that sort of separates it from the others? Um, well, the powerlifting that I do is very much focused on the numbers. It's about being very strong and also about being able to survive for a long time in the sport. So having healthy joints, having healthy blood flow and having a healthy heart to, to do all of this. So that, I think the, the place where I get the most enjoyment is about the adrenaline more than the feeling of my body being pumped. And is it a sort of sport that you manage to, you know, I, I know in bodybuilding that you notice incremental gains. Sort yeah. of, I think it's uh, with bodybuilding, you do um, usually about eight reps uh, and then three sets of that. Is, that. is that the same in the other sports or does that change as well? 
there's loads of different styles that you can use to get oh. really good at powerlifting and 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 strongman and weightlifting. But the one that I focus on most is is a mixture of high volume phases and high intensity phases. So I usually start off accumulating loads of volume, like you would in bodybuilding, where you try to go for more and more reps each time until you get a, a nice pump. But in powerlifting, it's more accumulating lots of of reps so you can have a higher workload, and then you increase the intensity by increasing the weight and lowering the reps, lowering the reps even. So there are, there are loads of different styles that you can do to improve, but as long as you're making progress from week to week, month to month, day to day, you are definitely going to be improving. Well, what got your interest in, in powerlifting in the first place? Because it sounds like obviously you've had your experience in yeah. it, but uh, yeah, at what age did that sort of become a thing? Because surely it can't just be one day you, you want to be the, yeah, you know, one of, of the, the best powerlifters on the planet. Yeah, well, I mean, when I was about 15, I was quite a, a big lad like 100 kilos kind of five foot ten kind of thing definitely not fit at all and then i started thinking hey i should probably get this all in check so i started going for runs pretty much every day i was running like four miles every day to and from school and wow. then i started going to uh, the gym on well at my school like after after school and before school sometimes and the lifting the weights felt the best compared to the cardio because i really was not that into cardio i'm very much built for peak power output and not for that kind of long distance thing. So it started destroying my shins and my knees, all that running, because I was running with quite a lot of weight on me and it was a lot to put on me. But then I found a love in, in lifting. It just felt really good to do it. And then I found out about powerlifting and that kind of training style. And it really, it just feels really good having that big rush of adrenaline, having all those endorphins flowing through your body. And that, well, I mean, actually even the high blood pressure when you're lifting feels pretty good as well. So it mostly is, is a selfish thing about it, feeling good. Yeah, it does sound like sort of a feel-good sport and a feel-good thing to practice. Yeah, yeah. and the camaraderie with with all the people, just Wait. being friends with everyone in the sport. It's very, it's a very friendly atmosphere. I was going to say because I think you were a part of a a society, right, at university when yeah, I saw yeah, you about the, that. The, the Lancaster University Strength Training Society. Yeah, they seem like a like a lovely bunch. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, they're pretty nice. Especially at Roses, it was it was a great atmosphere at Roses in 2018. Yeah, I, I, oh, no, 2019, 2019, 2019 it was because I, I yeah. remember actually seeing you live in in York yeah. uh, doing one of your lifts. I think it was like a that, that, that's how they did it, right? I think it was you versus another guy, and then it, and then it, uh, it was it was the whole uh, Lancaster team versus the whole of the York team. So they added everybody up and they divided by the amount of people that you had. It was done by IPF points, which is some weird calculation depending on body weight, height, and gender and the amount that you lift so they add it all up and then they were dividing it by the amount of people and whoever had the highest average well which team had the highest average one and that was a i think that was a new sport as well that was introduced to yeah 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 so is that they, they tried doing it a few times in the past but this is the first time that's really is it something then which is which is would you say it's gaining in popularity just say it's about the same you know because you sort of monitor the field of, of people within that area to see if it's something which is gaining more traction less traction I think um, the interest in lifting in general has been has been definitely gaining popularity because gyms are popping up everywhere. It's very accessible to everyone, so they're definitely trying to to explore all different kinds of lifting. Mm. And I think it is definitely gaining popularity on campus as well because they've built a new extension to the sports center, which yeah. has a lot of weights in it, and they're very good weights as well. Yeah, and and I think as well it is in that in not just at Lancaster but in that public space. I mean, I don't know if you're aware yeah. today, but um, Thor Bjornsson, 
uh, I think yeah. it might be tomorrow. He's going for the 501. He's going for 501 kilogram lift, yeah, yeah. which is incredible. Is that not today, actually? Is it today? I thought it was... It's either today or tomorrow. It's, it's one of the very two. soon that he's going for that. But that, he's trying to, the following yeah, behind that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. it's because he's really hyping it up and there's this huge beef now between Eddie Hall and Hafthor where uh, Eddie doesn't think that this should be counted officially because it's not done at a contest. It's done in his own gym. Oh, I see. Yeah, that does sound a little bit so dodgy. There's a lot of beef there and I think that's hyping everybody up and everybody's following it because the beef is exciting. As it is with like most things. For those who don't know, I think Eddie Hall, he was uh, world's strongest man, wasn't he? He was world's strongest man in 2016, I think, actually. Yeah, from the from the north yeah. of the UK. Yeah, he won it once, and then he quit. Ah, I so see. there's a lot. There's a lot of a. Uh, it's a lot of aggression from Thor because he's like, you won it once, and then you quit because you didn't want to do it anymore. Well, not because you didn't want to do it anymore, because you were scared that you'd start losing soon. Yes. Yeah, that's like that. there's a lot of there's a lot of animosity there, and people will. But I think they're getting a little bit more, more friendly. Yeah, yeah, they posted a nice friendly picture of them together, um, yeah. and people will will know Thor's face in that. From I think Game of Thrones is the the yeah. common thing, yeah. which is sort of. Um, managed to bring people it does remind me of that whole Arnold Schwarzenegger thing of getting into another field is sort of almost bringing yeah. up the the other interests that he's got too people start mm. learning more about Thor and knowing about his other interests too but it's definitely an interesting field if people want you know some good beef to look at or just uh, mm. just to if they can keep an eye on who's actually the the strongest person mm. at the time are they doing strongman lifts then that's that's instead of the powerlifting ones I'm just trying to get yeah, my head around that yeah, they're doing like things like uh, atlas stones. They're doing keg tosses. They're doing farmers walks. Well, they also they also have the deadlift in it, but it's a bit different because they're allowed straps and suits. Oh, I see. so they're allowed to. Well, in powerlifting, you're not ever allowed to wear a strap. So like a wrist a wrist strap that wraps around the bar. Is that something which can? Uh, is that not like a danger thing then to be taking that off? To, uh, to be taken off in powerlifting. Yeah, is is the wrist thing sort of there to to prevent it's injuries? Just there to, no, no, it's not there to prevent injuries. If anything, it increases the number of injuries because you can lift past your grip strength. So the the whole point of the straps is to basically take your grip strength out of the picture so you can lift with the rest of your body. So you could be lifting more than you could naturally be able to lift with it. But that's the whole point of Strongman. It's about, it's about pushing your body to the very limits. So now that we're also in a time too, which is uh, obviously we're all stuck inside because of, of the lovely COVID-19 at the moment, I'm sure it's, it must be a difficult time for people like you who sort of rely on the gym, right, yeah. for lifting. Yeah, I had to turn to calisthenics now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I hate it. I've been, I was just getting good at, um, I was just getting back into the swing of doing powerlifting again because I took a few weeks off over Christmas and as soon as like I started getting good at it again and my, my lifts were back up to beyond what they were before, it I get hit with this. Oh, so are you managing to still at least maintain some level of strength though throughout this period? Yeah, it's, it's mostly just doing single leg stuff for my legs because I can't squat or deadlift, obviously. So it's yeah. single leg stuff. Uh, I'm going to start doing sprints soon because that's quite a, a powerful exercise. And then, well, luckily I've got a pull-up bar outside my house and some really? uh, uh, dip bars. So I've got stuff to do. It's just nowhere near. Uh, do you have any recommendations for people then who might be wanting to get into lifting around this time? I mean, obviously it's it's difficult because people are stuck inside, but I think it's also a great time for people who might want to, you know, I'm seeing a lot of motivational stuff on Instagram and all this kind of yeah. things. Uh, would you have any sort of recommendations for people who might want to get into lifting in general or, or specifically powerlifting? Uh, for now, I don't know if there's really that much mobility into powerlifting if you can't really access a gym. Mm because 
the powerlifting is about squat, bench, and deadlift. And those are three barbell exercises that you need a barbell and you need weights for. But in general, you can get into lifting and resistance training anywhere. Sprints are a really good example of some kind of resistance training that you can get into, but it's quite intense for a lot of people. So you can start off with just some bodyweight stuff, some light bodyweight squats, maybe even squatting to your bed or the sofa or something like that as a box. So essentially doing a box squat. Uh, definitely it's a good time to start improving your mobility so you can start getting into better positions for different exercises if you are already exercising. It's a good time to focus on that. It's You'd probably be better off going into some kind of calisthenics movements like push-ups and pull-ups and things like that. Just so is that what cla- calisthenics are, are classed as? Are they sort of like the, the free weights? Body weight uh, not free weights. Body weight. Body weight stuff, yeah. Body weight, right. So uh, there's a lot more to calisthenics than just push-ups and things like that. But that's there's a lot of uh, tutorials on YouTube on how to get into calisthenics if, if you are interested in doing that. But it's not going to be as, as accessible to everyone. So just move your body pretty much is, is what this is a good time to do. It's a good time to get used to moving your body. It's sort of like the the pre-phase before you can start actually getting into yeah. the into the big training. Yeah, and even for the people that are into the big training, good time to improve your body so you can see so a lot more of a. Uh, oh, I can't think of the word. There. That's all right. Well, I was actually going to ask. Something like I've been doing um, recently. Now I'll admit I haven't been doing any kind of lifting in quite some time, but what I have been mm. doing is is some yoga. And I understand it's a, it's sort of slightly different feel, but also there's a lot related there, right? Because I think um, when it comes to some of these exercises, you mentioned about mobility, but I think flexibility plays mm. a huge role. I mean, I noticed during yeah. some of my squats, I had a difficult time because I have quite tight hamstrings and calves. So I yeah. sort of had some luck there. And hips, probably. And hips, yeah. So I think maybe at least I would recommend people who, who might have an interest in that field to maybe get into something like yoga or, or some, you know, some real Definitely, stretching yeah. too. Yeah, the thing, the thing with yoga is it improves your proprioception, so your ability to know where your body is in relation to other body parts. And when you improve that, you get a better feel of how your body is moving, especially when you've got heavy weight on on top of you. So as soon as you can start, well, I mean, definitely you should start improving your proprioception so you're not going to injure yourself when you're lifting. And yoga as well, it's, it's, it's very good for improving mobility. It's very good for improving stability as well. So training all those little muscles to make sure that you don't injure any joints or ligaments or anything like that. And you mentioned earlier it's on too that you've had sort of your first share of injuries and, and setbacks as well. So what, what kind of things yeah. or, or mistakes would you say you were making then that could potentially be prevent, prevented for people? Yeah, well, when I was younger, so after just getting into it when I was 15, um, a year later when I started actually lifting weights, I was training with one of my friends who at the time was uh, starting to get incredibly strong. I think he held the uh, junior British record for the bench press crazy. In, the one, in the 120 kilo weight class, wow. something like that. He was incredibly strong. And uh, so I used to train with him occasionally and one time when i was when i was uh, trying to keep up with him in terms of the amount of volume he was doing i did uh, 10 sets of 10 on the deadlift no on the squat first and then after that my back was fried I, I should not have done any more but then i went to do deadlifts and i did 10 sets of 10 with a deadlift this is both 100 kilos on both of them because i was just trying to do a lot of volume on that day and then i was laying on my back and then i, I kind of had the realization i've really fucked something up here i've really injured something uh, went to go to the toilet, could barely even control my bladder, wow. uh, managed to get home. Um, I laid in bed for a bit and 
after eating some food, I I went to sleep, and then I woke up, needing to go to the toilet, went to the toilet, and I realized that I was in a lot of pain in my low back. Uh, so I was sat on the toilet, and the pain was so much that I had to throw up in the sink, and then I couldn't get off the toilet again. So I kind of slumped off wow. and fell asleep on the toilet floor. And this this is when I realized that I really fucked my back up. And it turns out I had a slip disc in my back. Jesus. And it was really bad, and I couldn't really walk properly for for a few weeks afterwards, and it, it, it in fact, it affected my school as well because I couldn't get to school because of that injury in my back. I've heard about the pain. And that's been with me ever since. The pain of, of having your back being done in. I mean, I've heard about a slip disc before, but, mm. you know, I've, I've never really been able to imagine that sort of pain about just throwing up from the from the sheer pain of it. Not everybody gets that kind of pain. A lot of people have slip discs and they don't even realize it because it's just not that painful. It's, it's when it presses on a nerve in your back that it gets really bad. And this one presses right on my sciatic nerve. So sometimes when it gets a little bit dodgy back there, it can it can send shooting pains down my legs and give me sciatica for a few days afterwards. But that doesn't happen to everyone. So was that because you'd say you push yourself too far, really, when it when it came to exercises? And also had poor form because I wasn't really focused on moving properly. It was it was just about I was I was a young kid. It was it was very much like a YOLO experience. I was kind of just doing it because it was fun <laughs> and doing it because I was foolish. But now I'm a lot more careful with things like that. So since then, I've had minor little injuries like uh, straining a pectineus. Uh, injuring some ligaments here and there from other sports. But that was the main issue I've had, was that back injury. Well, how would you say people can, you know, obviously you can get uh, form over time, you know, maybe perhaps perhaps recommendations for that would be to train with someone else. Um, But -hmm. how would you also know when to to stop? Um, Because I think there's a lot of, perhaps within the community, there's a lot of, you know, a bit of competition. You want to keep going on. You want to really push yourself. How do you know when to stop doing that before you get an injury? It's about keeping your ego in check, really, because you you know when you're in pain. And when you're in pain, a lot of people, when they're in that atmosphere of, of let's lift more with my friends, let's try and lift as much as possible so I can show off to everyone. When you're in that atmosphere, you are going to be lifting more through the pain. But the idea of training isn't to lift a pain. It's to lift to the point where you are improving. So if you're in pain, you're doing something wrong. And you need to be able to recognize that by keeping your ego in check, ignoring the urge to lift more and more and more to imp- to impress your friends. You've got to ignore that and you've got to listen to your body mm. and stop when it hurts. So if people, you know, if they do start going to the gym, they start learning how to get better form, um, they yeah. know when to listen to the body. There's another side to this too, is the sort of nutritional side, the supplement side, which can be a whole world of, yeah. of as I know, in, in the marketing world, you know, it's, it's a brilliant area yeah. to really sell to people. Um, do yeah. you have any recommendations about, you know, what to look out for, about maybe things to avoid, things to things to keep eating or whatever, or does that depend on the kind of training you're doing? Uh, I'd say it definitely depends on the kind of training, but you, you, you hit it on the, on the head there where you said it's meant for marketing to people. A lot of it, in fact, almost all of it is kind of useless. There's pre-workouts, which can be pretty useful because it's got caffeine. It's got loads of performance-enhancing drugs in it, like caffeine, beta-alanine, and creatine, things like that. Uh, well, creatine's not a drug, really, but it has has all these things that can help you. But then there's also things like BCAAs, which do nothing. And there's protein powders, which you can get from just eating more. There's a lot of things which just aren't very useful. So there's definitely some things that are useful, like vitamin D supplements, but that's not for lifting. Uh, vitamin D supplements, vitamin B12 supplements, zinc supplements, things like that. Uh, stuff that you're deficient in, especially in the northern or north of England during the winter, you definitely want vitamin D supplements. But for the, for the most part, you just need to eat more. 
just need to eat more and exercise more. It's 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 really simple to do. You don't need to be listening to all this marketing. Yeah, because when I when I've been interested, I mean, I've definitely heard about these BCAAs before. I think a, a gym near me yeah. was selling these BCAA shakes as well, which I, I, yeah. I had no idea what the hell they were for. Uh, it's sugar. It's sugar. It turns into sugar. It, they are they are amino acids, right? But BCAAs are very easy to digest into sugar through gluconeogenesis, and that's pretty much what they're doing. They're, they're selling you flavored sugar because it's not it's not more helpful than protein. Protein is a is a much more complete. Uh, amino acid source it's you could get everything from bcaa's just from eating more and more because you can get all the other nutrients from from your food and in the sense of eating more are we talking about you know because there might be people who might be thinking this is quite a holiday to start going to mcdonald's and things and i've i've heard of the word bulk yeah. before is there you know is yeah. there limits there or or is it really just uh, eat, eat as much there. as you need depends on your goals if if you want to be like Eddie Hall and Hafthor Bjornsson it is very much eating a lot of protein a lot of carbohydrates a lot of food to try and bulk yourself up but they are definitely uh, not entirely the same as everybody else I should say yeah so but they are also <laughs> eating quality food they're eating uh, beef lean beef usually they're eating a lot of rice they're eating a lot of greens they are just eating a lot of it so it's about the quality of food you're eating. As long as you're eating a lot of quality food with, with good amounts of protein, good amounts of healthy fats, and a decent amount of starchy carbohydrates, things that aren't uh, like sugars and cakes and things like that, as long as you're eating good quality food and a lot of it, you should be doing well and exercising. Well, it, it sounds is. like it simple maths when you put it like that. Kind of stuff. As long as you're eating good quality food, you're exercising a lot, you will be healthy. But there are it depends on your goal as well. So if you want to get really lean, might not necessarily be the healthiest, healthiest goal. Uh, you can get, you can get decently lean and be very healthy, like ten to fifteen percent body fat. There's a very athletic range for body fat. You need to definitely watch what you're eating and exercise carefully. But if you are just looking to get really strong, really big, you can eat a lot of good quality food, and you should very much be on your way. Now, one thing which I think is quite interesting, um, and something I've discussed before with my friend. Um, and just well, well, girls in general is is this idea of potentially not wanting to, or there's this stereotype of not wanting to be too bulky, of them being a bit mm. scared of getting into the whole world because they just want to be toned. Um, they're yeah. a little bit worried yeah. that the exercises they do might cause them to be too big. Um, is yeah. is there any truth in that? Is there a way that you can manage that? Is the different kind of exercises that are better for that, or is it really just a case of you 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 work out and you get bulky? Man, I've, I've heard that a lot, especially from, from girls, that they, they don't want to go to the gym because they're, they're afraid they'll get bulky. The thing is, if you're, if you're a female, you have nowhere near the same amount of testosterone and human growth hormone and all these, all these hormones that, that promote muscle growth. You are not going to get bulky just by eating good quality food, watching your weight and exercising with any kind of resistance. If you're doing squats, deadlifts, bench, you're not going to get bulky if you're a woman unless you're eating a lot. And I mean a lot, a lot. It's just, it's, it's not feasible to do. You definitely, you definitely can get bulky if you are training that way. But if you just do regular exercise, you're not going to get bulky. If you're doing any kind of weight training, you're not going to get bulky. Men can definitely get a lot bulkier because they have a lot more testosterone, which promotes muscle growth. They have a lot more human growth hormone, which again promotes muscle growth. So it's definitely misplaced. Well, that's, that's good to know. And I think there's going to be a lot of people relieved to hear that because it's uh, definitely yeah. an argument I've heard. And, and um, there's another... I mean, I've been training with women quite a lot. I've been training with women that have been training for years and they're not bulky because they, they train. They know what they're doing. They, they're training. They're lifting heavy, heavy 
weights. They're lifting really heavy weights. And they're still not bulky because it's very, very difficult to get bulky unless you're aiming to get bulky. So you can still lift heavy weights and you wouldn't necessarily get bulky. It's not necessarily about the um, mm. the amount of weight you're lifting. Well. Shoot for men as well. You can you can lift a lot of weight as long as you just don't as long as you watch your weight and don't eat too much, you will not get bulky. It's mostly about nutrition. I've heard this that that, that saying before as well. That uh, that abs are uh, made in the kitchen as well. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that very true. You, you can true. get abs without even lifting at all. Wow, didn't know I that. Suggest it because you'll also not be healthy. Oh, good to know. And, and your body composition would be quite off because you're most likely going to be losing a lot of muscle mass on the way there if you're not lifting to promote protein synthesis so abs are made in the kitchen but a little bit of exercise won't hurt <laughs> yeah abs, abs are, are I'd, I'd say they are started in the gym and they are made in the kitchen you get your clay ah. in the gym and then you mold it in the kitchen see that's a brilliant we need to put that in quotes and uh, make that a new saying I think <laughs> The so, gym is your clay, yes. The, the gym is your clay, brilliant. Yeah. So another sort of area of interest, and I know I'm slightly taking it away here, but I think we've really helped people when it comes to, you know, getting themselves into it, watching their injuries, watching the technique, looking at nutrition, supplementation. Um, yeah. But another thing that I'm interested in as well is is that sort of the mindset behind it, sort of the psychology mm. that's involved mm. within lifting. And I think that this is something that which you've got a bit of interest in in as well and I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about about the psychology of lifting in general as well as um how yeah. the hell do people manage to do such big lifts that's another area of interest too yeah um the thing with going to the gym is that it's very hard to find motivation to do things like that for everyone so there are some people that are incredibly motivated to go to the gym all the time they're usually people that have been doing sports since they were young as well they can find a lot of motivation to do things like that but for people like me it's I find it quite difficult to get motivated to actually get out of my house and go to the gym and do some exercise. So I think just by going to the gym more frequently, making it a habit is a lot more important than motivation. Making it a habit so it's 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 something that you just do every day. It's like brushing your teeth or going for your morning shit, something like that. It's, it just becomes normal. Then you don't need motivation to go. But then you also get the feedback loop of all the good feelings from lifting, which when you get that feedback loop, you start becoming almost addicted to the gym and then this habit becomes a long-term thing. I did want to ask more about sort of these big lifts because I know that people manage to go into the gym, they lift almost incredible amounts. I mean, they're getting the motivation to get themselves in and they're lifting sort of beyond <laughs> beyond human. I mean, just look at these Eddie Hall lifts that were yeah. 500 kg. I mean, you know, a lot of people might see that guy and, and you know, no offense to Eddie, but to non-trained people, he just kind of looks a little bit chubby. So... <laughs> How are these things actually humanly possible to do? Yeah, well, I mean, if you see Eddie Hall without a T-shirt on, he he looks very chubby with a T-shirt on. Without a T-shirt on, it's very strange to see him because he also has abs underneath that. Wow. He has a lot of visceral fats, like fat around his intestines and, and places like that. And it does look very strange, but I guess that's the price you pay for that kind of performance is you look a little bit odd. But to get to that kind of level... It takes more than just going to the gym. It takes more than just making that habit. It's about the dedication to doing it. It's about it's about creating that mindset where it is you and the weights. You can put everything else aside and you can get into that mindset. You can force yourself to have spikes of adrenaline. I think Eddie Hall even mentioned that he, he went to hypnotherapy and he spoke to a therapist to try and get himself into this intense state where it's like lifting a car if you're a child or something like that. But wow. lifting definitely can bring you into that state. if. Like if you're going for a big lift, and like I, th I think you saw me at uh, 
at Roses. I He's slowly going into my into my lifts. You can see the focus on my face. You can see when I have the bar in my hands, because uh, I think you only saw me squat, didn't you? Or did you see me do all of them? I saw you do the squats. Yeah, yeah. So on, on the squat, you can see me with the bar in my hands, focus on the bar. My my eyes were like lasers. I was just your eyes bar. were like lasers. I do remember that specifically. I put the bar on my back. You sort of have a little bit of a disconnect when you look at the judge, but that's that's just natural. And you can force the adrenaline out of your brain almost. It's a very it's a very visceral, a very powerful and primal feeling when when you're under that weight. And to be able to force yourself into that into that uh, zone takes a lot of practice over years. And I think that's another thing that going to the gym is very good for is it's about controlling your emotional arousal pretty much. Going to the gym helps you with controlling your emotions, which is where it's also a very useful tool for therapy, for mental therapy. Sounds like it's all got benefits there. I mean, you're talking about how it's it can be, you know, if you can be a good lifter by keeping your ego in check, but it can yeah. also, once you do sort of let out that big bit of adrenaline and you do it uh, yeah. in, in a more safe way, uh, you're also getting the benefits of it being an almost cathartic experience too. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, when you get to the level, like after a few years, where you can start controlling your emotions to such a, a pinpoint state where you can force yourself into this life or death state, uh, when you get to that point, your form should be in check, as it is. So it's it's pretty much it's na it's natural for you, it's second nature, to just get into the perfect position. You can you can uh, you can keep using this adrenaline to go faster. You can use it to go uh, more powerful in all these exercises. And it's it, it's only after you build up that that second nature uh, form for all of this. I mean, you're always going to be improving your form. You're always going to be focusing on on making everything essentially perfect. You're aiming for perfect. You're never going to reach it, but you're aiming for perfect. And when you have that that solid base, you can start utilizing these emotional states to to power you through heavier and heavier exercises. So lastly, I just wanted to come to you and, and thank you for, for summing those up, by the way, because I think it's going to be incredibly helpful for people who are trying to get into the lifting. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you have any uh, sort of last tips or, or anything that perhaps you've come across in, you know, you've had a good few years of experience within the field, and I think it'd yeah. be good for people to know whether there's any any last things that they might need to know before they get in, because there are, there are a lot of information out there. There's a lot of, um, you know, as they say, fake news. Um, yeah. And I was wondering if there's any sort of, yeah, those sort of last-minute tips that you, can, uh, you could provide. Basically, don't listen to marketing. There's only a few things that you'll need. It's depends depending on where you live. Vitamin D if you're in a in a cold climate. Don't don't listen to most of the marketing. You just need to eat good quality food, which is pretty universally pretty pretty universally accepted. There's it's greens. It's it's good quality carbohydrates. It's good quality protein. Uh, you don't need to listen to eating loads of protein powders and BCAAs and things like that. That that's that's all secondary. As long as you're eating good quality food and starting to move you're going to be making progress. You just need to get out and start moving. I love that. It sounds, you make it sound so simple, which I think is really helpful for people when they're trying to get yeah. the motivation to do it. It can be difficult when there is that world of, of, of facts and yeah. promotions and things which can really confuse people. The thing is, it is simple. It's, it's overcomplicated by people that are trying to sell stuff. And it's overcomplicated by people that are, well, very, very, focused on it, that need it to be overcomplicated so they can dial everything in perfectly. But most people aren't looking for that. They're looking to get better. They're looking to improve. And you can improve very easily just by lifting, well, not even lifting, just by moving, moving more, eating more, eating more quality food, I should say. That's great stuff, Alex. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you again for being a part of the podcast. You've been an amazing guest. Um, I'm sure there's... 
<laughs> there's been a lot of people who have, who have found a lot of helpful things from what you've said and you know all the best in your next uh, endeavors in powerlifting hopefully i'll be able to see you perform again yeah uh, i hope i'll be able to perform powerlifting again as well after this lockdown <laughs> me too yeah that's gonna be difficult for the move to callus from the calisthenics yeah well i mean i was i was looking forward to roses now that's not happening with uh, lifting so i guess i'll have to find another an, another outlet for my my powerlifting rage well yeah, this, I mean, you can always just take it out on the Yorkians themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Alex. Cheers.